0: Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at
1: www.theharborli.com.
2: I'm extra excited tonight because we are actually starting a brand new series called Relationship Goals. Immediately, every single person in the room is like, I knew I shouldn't have come tonight. I knew I shouldn't have come tonight. I'm just, relaxed. relax. But I do want to start off like this. If you are in here tonight and you're single and you, you're, you like, just so desperate for a relationship, would you mind standing up all around the room? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. It's probably not funny for you at all. It's a little funny for me. And I happen to have the mic, so I'm just, you know. In all seriousness, um, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're, we are going to talk to some single people in the room tonight. But I, I'm so excited about this series because what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to uh, talk about relationship goals. We're going to look at what a godly, healthy relationship looks like in every phase. And so we're going to be looking at what it looks like to be single and to wait, what it looks like to, to date in a godly way, what it looks like to have a godly marriage and a godly marriage that will last. We're going we're gonna to look at a marriage that went through... Hell and back and God has restored and redeemed. And so we really believe that over these next few weeks, if you can make it a point to be in church and to bring people that you will be encouraged that it doesn't matter what phase you find yourself in. Maybe you're not even in a relationship right now, but there will be things every single week that you can pull out, that you can apply to your life. And maybe you don't feel like it applies now, but you say, you know, I'm going to make a mental note of that because that's something that's good. And I need to apply that to my future husband, my future wife, this future marriage. So we're just so excited about these next few weeks. We're going to be interviewing some couples from our church every week. We're going to get to that tonight. But before we do that, I'd like to just start by speaking to, to the single people in the house And I want you to feel left out. I I want you to know that this series has you in mind just as much as anybody else. And uh, and what I would like to do is I want to go over five things that I feel like every single person needs to be reminded of tonight. I'd like to start in Psalm 37, verse 3 in the Passion Translation. David says, keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on his faithfulness. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Someone needs to be reminded of that tonight. May God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. The process of saying, God, there are a lot of things that I do desire, and I want real bad, but let my heart be always pointed to you first. Let you be the, the one and only desire that if everything else fails or doesn't pan out the way that I hope, that my heart would be satisfied, fully satisfied in you. And that doesn't always come natural, but that's something that we should strive for and pursue and pray for. And when you can make God the utmost desire of your heart, that God begins to open things and unleash things and bless you in areas that you couldn't have even imagined. So if you are in the process tonight and it feels like maybe you're trying to do that, God just hasn't come through, God is at work. You might not see it right now, but God is working behind the scenes. So let's do this real quick. I want to give you five really quick things that I want to remind you of tonight. All right. Sound good? First thing is this. You are further along than you think. Say it out loud. You're further along than you think. Listen, this might be mind-blowing for some of you, but it doesn't matter if you're single or you're married. We all struggle with trusting God. It doesn't matter if you're single or in a relationship. We all struggle with waiting on God. It doesn't matter if you're single or in a relationship. We all struggle with loneliness. Do you know that you can be married and still struggle with loneliness? It doesn't matter if you're single or married, everybody struggles with sexual purity. Just because you get married and you can have sex with your wife doesn't mean that sexual purity is like, all right, peace out, I'll go find somebody else. There's always going to be temptation. There will always be desires. We all struggle with the same stuff. So many times you can you can fall into this mindset that if you're single, you, you now cannot relate to people who are no longer single. And, and what begins to happen, I see it so often, is that, Single people fall into the trap of comparing and contrasting their life with other people's lives around them. This is the reality, is that God is in pursuit of the best version of you. God's desire for your life is to be who he has called and created you to be. So God's agenda is always going to be pushing you and growing you to be that person. The reality is this. Some people grow into that person by getting married earlier in life. Some people learn the lessons and grow better by staying single a little bit longer. But it doesn't matter what side you fall on. God is working in all of us. God is pursuing the person he has created us to be in all of us. What begins to happen is when you look at other people's lives, and you can even take this further than relationship, when you begin to look at somebody else and compare yourself to them and say, you know what's crazy? I thought I would be there at this point. I thought I'd have that promotion at that point. I thought I'd have that husband, or I'd have that wife. I thought I'd have that family and those kids, or I thought I'd have that house, and I don't. What begins to happen is when you compare yourself to others, you immediately start to think that you are further behind everybody else. And when you start to feel like you are lagging behind, what that promotes inside of you is desperation. The scary thing about desperation is desperation will drive you to do things that you would never normally do. Desperation will cause you to be okay with things, content with things that normally you would never entertain. Normally you would never open yourself into, but if you get desperate enough, you'll do just about anything you got to remind yourself to say, I'm further along than I even think. I'm further along than I even realize. Even though on the outside I may feel like something is missing, i got to trust and believe that God is at work behind the scenes and he is growing me into the person that I was created to be. You know, the only person that God compares and contrasts you with is the person that he's created you to be. And so as God is doing that, God is behind the scenes saying, I am growing you, I am molding you, I am shaping you into this person where you can live the life that you were intended to live. Don't get discouraged. Don't get desperate. Remind yourself, I'm further along than I think. I'm further along than I see. I'm further along than I realize. I don't need to compare and contrast myself with anyone. I'll leave that up to God. Let me just be obedient and be the person he's called me to be. You're further along than you think. Second thing I want to remind you of is this. A blessed life is connected with a pure life. I wasn't sure how many amens we are going to get with that. That one's tough to swallow. <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew 5, he said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Your sexual purity is connected with the blessings of God. Now this is what's so amazing about this short little sentence. That Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. See, purity is a state of the heart. It's not a rap sheet. It's not a scoreboard. And so there there are people that maybe you have made some mistakes. Maybe you have made some decisions. Even before you knew Jesus and you didn't even realize that you weren't supposed to, you lived a certain way. And, And you may feel like, man, I've you know, what's the point now? What's what's done is done. What's gone is gone. No, Jesus didn't say, hey, it's a matter of you did or you didn't. He says purity is the state of the heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. But what does that mean? Well, that actually means that it's possible. I'm going to speak super bluntly tonight. I'm just going to let you know right away. It's possible that there's there's a person here in this room that you have had sex outside of marriage. You have had sex before marriage. You've been pursuing God. You're growing in God. It's possible for you to be more pure in heart. Then the virgin you're sitting next to but continues to do everything that they can do to toe the line and get as far as they can without having sex. Purity is a state of the heart. Purity is is a heart that says, God, I want to honor you, not just in my body, but in this relationship. I want everything to honor you. And purity is connected with the blessings of God. Third thing, write this down. More time passing should not result in your standards being lowered. More time passing should not result in the standards being lowered. Listen, your life, yep. Am I hurt for a second? I promise this will help. Just let it sink in for a second. Your life will be way more in- enjoyable and fulfilling living single the rest of your life than being married to the wrong person. All right, if you like that, I'm just gonna swing for the fence. (laughs) It's not God's will for your life for you to missionary date and missionary marry. It's not God's will for your life For you to be like, I really like this person, and I know they're not really doing what they should, and I know they're not really where they should be, but I do believe if I commit to them or I marry them that they will change one day. That's not God's will for your life. Second Corinthians 6 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now let me say this, okay, and I want you to hear this. There are plenty of people in here that you, you've you been in relationships before you even knew God. There, there are plenty of people in here that you made a decision at one point, and now you're married. And you might find yourself in this camp, and, and and you might be like, okay, so so what now? This is the beauty of how good God is. God doesn't just give you his word. He supplies you with his Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, who leads you, who guides you who translates all of this, who applies all of this to your life and your situation. So the reality is for the single people who are in the room right now and you are pursuing God, let me just say, let me clear it up for you. It's not God's will for you to missionary date, missionary Mary. If you're sitting in here and there's a pre-existing relationship that you find yourself in, we don't say this to guilt you or to condemn you, but I do say... Man, start pursuing the Holy Spirit. Start asking God, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me to act? What would you have me to say? How would you, act me? How would you have me to have more patience or, or to show more grace? God, what now? What should I do now? And God is faithful to meet you right where you're at, not to condemn you, but to show you, hey, let's get back on course. Let's get to the life that I've intended for you from the beginning. When more time passes, I- instead of you lowering your standards, you should take the time to not just refine what you're looking for, but to refine what you're actually able to give when the person comes along. You know, so many people's waiting season is so self-serving. You don't take any time to look at what you could be getting better at or how you could be growing. You're just sitting back waiting for that person to come along. What if you're the person who's actually holding back the relationship? Number four, we'll leave that right there. Number four, God exemplifies true love. God exemplifies true love. Could you all just say this with me? Love is a choice. Come on, one more time. Love is a choice. You know, back from when I was a youth pastor, I used to say to the students, I, I hated the term, oh, fell in love. First of all, you're 14. I'm not even sure if you hit puberty yet, but <laughs> whatever. We won't even address that. But the term fell in love implies that it just happened. I'm like, no, 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 you don't fall in love. You you fall into infatuation. You could even fall in lust with somebody. But guess what? If you fell into something, you're going to fall out of something at some point. Love is a choice. The picture of what true love looks like is the picture of Jesus choosing to love an imperfect church. Jesus choosing to love an imperfect me. Jesus choosing to love an imperfect you. So this love that we're all pursuing in our future relationship, God is the one who exemplifies what true love looks like. So a marriage, what a marriage is, it's made up of two imperfect people that are complimenting each other as they pursue God together. I'm going to say that one more time. A marriage is made up of two imperfect, say imperfect, people that compliment each other as they pursue God together. So can I just say this? For anybody in here that you have set the standard so high that you're waiting on perfection, if and when you ever find the perfect person, they will have no need for you. (laughs) Perfection doesn't need to be complimented. It's perfect already. And so I'm not talking about lowering your standards. We're not going back on what we just said in, in number three. I'm talking about fixing your perspective. To say love is a choice. Love is, love is me getting to the point where I feel like God has given me the green light. I feel like God has given me the peace. And me making the choice that when I actually say those vows, that I mean it. That through thick and thin, through good and bad, through sickness and in health, I choose to love you. When it comes easy and when it feels real hard, I choose to love you. God is the ultimate picture of what true love looks like. Number five, last thing, write this down. Being led by God doesn't mean you lay down practical wisdom. Being led by God does not mean that you lay down practical wisdom. Listen, it is good and it is healthy to admit that a relationship is something that you want. I can't tell you how many times I, I you know, I'll talk to single people and they're like, no, I'm good. I'm like, no, you're not. Like, I don't say that, but in my head I'm like, you're not. Why did you just be honest about it, you know? And I don't blame you for it. It's really... It's really good and it's really healthy to admit, yeah, that is something that I desire. Because what that leads you to is getting to the point where you begin to pray about it. And you begin to bring it before God and say, God, I do want this. God, this this is a really big desire in my heart. And then as you're praying and as you're submitting to God, what that will then lead you to do is start to take some practical steps towards it. You know what's really hard? It's really hard to meet single people when you're never around single people. It's crazy. Seriously, though, I think the church has done such a disservice, the church as a whole, with single people because the church is really good about saying, hey, it's important to pursue a godly marriage. It's important to pursue a godly spouse. It's important to date God's way. But have you ever noticed at the moment that somebody catches a whiff that somebody's interested in having a relationship, they're like, oh, you know what? I think he's just looking for a girlfriend. You know what? I think she's just thirsty. She's over here scoping out. And I'm like, well, what do you think? Of course. They want a relationship. Do you blame them for that? Are we going to shun or shame somebody for wanting to find a spouse in church? Listen, my, just so you know, don't come to me with that stuff because my, my goal is that if somebody is invested and involved in our community, if somebody is grounded here, that you wouldn't have to look anywhere else to find a spouse. That's the goal. That as our church grows and as it's a healthy place, a healthy community, that you could find that godly spouse here. So we should never shame somebody for looking around to see who's in the room. As a matter of fact, look around right now. (laughs) I'm just playing. Wait till nobody's looking. Wait till worship starts. Everyone has their eyes closed and their hands up. Then you do a full 360 of the room. We're going to get an overhead camera, and then you can check still footage throughout the week and see just ideas. Listen, what, what, what I mean by this, what I mean by all this is this, is that I don't want anyone to ever feel like they can't take practical steps to meet this person, to, to, to see if they like someone, to see if there's something there, to start to get to know somebody. We should make that available. This is the caveat, though, that that only works in a healthy and a balanced way if you are submitted to God through it all. Okay? So guys... This does not give you license to be a creep. And if you're being a creep, I'm going to inform you, you're a creep. Stop. (laughs) But what this does mean is that if your heart is submitted to God before anything and everything, that it's all right to look around from time to time. It's okay to take notice. And how about this? Instead of waiting until you're knee deep in a relationship to then start praying about it to figure out if they're the one, how about you pray about it before you ever ask the person out to coffee? How about you you pray about it after you had coffee for the very first time and be like, should I follow that up or should I not? Things don't have to get messy. Things don't have to get awkward. If everyone is mature about it, and if we can't be mature and healthy about it here, what do we expect? What do we expect? You know, I said this illustration on, on Sunday, and I used to use this in youth group all the time, but, you know, I think most people, you picture... Your life headed in this direction, your future spouse's life headed in this direction, and through a series of events, you just collide, sounds painful, and boom, you meet the person, your paths crossed, you met, and now it's going to work. I don't believe that that's how God has ordained it. What, what I believe is supposed to happen, and this will illustrate what we just talked about, I believe that you are called to be pursuing God above anything and everything else. Like we read in Psalms, that, that my one desire, my desire more than anything else, Is God's heart and as I'm running this race and as I'm pursuing God and I'm looking towards God there ain't nothing wrong with looking for to my right or to my left as I'm going that way and if at some point I start to realize hey you know what there's somebody over there and they're running in the same direction we're pursuing the same thing hey what's up the lane right here is open you could you could run right here and then you run a little bit longer, and then you might be like, guess what? This lane is extra wide. We could both fit in this lane. We could pursue the same thing together. But the picture is not your life's colliding. The picture is like an on-ramp to a highway that as I'm pursuing God and as you're pursuing God, this cuts out so many questions and confusion down the line. I don't have to ask you what you value and what, what matters to you because I've seen it. I've seen you run the same race that I'm trying to run. And I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect. But as long as we're headed in the same direction, we're going to be all right. I'm going to stop right now before I find anybody else. Uh, this has been such an exciting season to see uh, this relationship progress to the point where Chris proposed to Danny. And I can't say enough about this couple. I, I love this couple so much. They're, they're just such an awesome picture of what a godly relationship looks like, but also what godly individuals look like. Not perfect people, but real people who are pursuing a real relationship with God. And so, in case I forget at the end... Um, They would love it if anybody in here, if you have questions, if you'd love for them to pray with you, if you can relate to something they're going to talk about, they would just love to encourage you. They'd love to talk with you and uh, and just encourage you however they can. And they're they're the best. I can't say enough about them. And um, I'm excited to have the opportunity to interview you guys real quick. So I want to ask you guys a few questions on being single and dating because you guys aren't too far removed from that. And just seeing your relationship from afar, I think, is such a great example uh, for so many people here. So. I want to start with you, Danny, real quick, and could you kind of just explain, give us a window into what the waiting season was like for you?
0: Uh, so for me, I I didn't really date through high school. I had a really great group of friends and just had fun, and it was gr- I went to a great school and just had a good time. But um, you know, coming out of high school into college, you know, Chris and I were talking, and um, it. You know, by the second year of my college year, I started to, we started to date, and um, things blossomed pretty quickly, but we did encounter some pretty tough things in the beginning. But my <laughs> my, uh, my waiting process wasn't too long. Um, you know, I was pretty young when I started dating, like having a serious relationship. And for me, I what was going into it. I really wanted to make sure that this wasn't just something, you know, crazy and um, just, you know, I, I really wanted to be prayerful about the process, so I just asked God to, you know, if this was something that we were supposed to go forward with, I asked God to, I- if it wasn't the right way, to just close the door immediately, um, or just to keep that door open. This is the second time this has <laughs> happened. Um, and, uh, you know, he kept it open, and uh, it was it was really clear, and uh, just having that prayerful heart from the beginning really um, helped me to, s- to have more uh, clarity through the process, so... Um, but also, I wanted to mention really quick, uh, Priscilla Shire. I saw a little clip of her on Instagram uh, yesterday, and um, I just wanted to read this verse quick. It is the Lo- it's from Deuteronomy thirty one eight. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Do not fear or be dismayed. It's such a simple verse, but um, she was talking about God's providence in our lives and um, how He is just a pro- a providential God. And what that means is that he's going before us, 10 steps in front of us to make a way before we even know we have to make certain decisions. And, um, you know, when we're dating, we have to ask ourselves, we have to like check our hearts and say, you know, God, I, am I letting you go before me? Am I trusting you in this process? And if that's so, even if I'm in, if I'm in a relationship and if it's the wrong one, am I trusting you that you're going to be gracious enough to lead me out of that and to, and to, to lead me to the right person? Um, So she just, like, that was a truth bomb for me, and I just wanted to share that because I thought it was so applicable for tonight, but, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I'll I'll say, um, Faith and I got married so young and engaged so young, and I know for the person who's had to wait longer, you know, you would say, well, you can't really relate to what I've been to, and that that is true, but I can also relate to feelings of, when you're so young, being like, is this too soon, Mm -hmm. Is should I, like, extend this dating season out or this waiting season out too long like god am i actually hearing from you and so although it is a different set of circumstances i know that that is also just as important to be in tune with god and what god is speaking to you so chris i know your waiting season looked a little bit different could you fill us in on kind of what that looked like for you
1: uh so danny and i are actually eight years apart um so i had to wait a a little longer um but there's there's two things to this uh little excerpt here number one is um you know, I, I went to college and, and uh, you know, even made, made a few bad decisions in high school, uh, kind of like what Pastor Scott was talking about. And I actually remember I remember going to Liberty University after, you know, messing up and going through that whole process. Um, and, and the campus pastor of Liberty University is giving this uh, sermon on sexual purity, and it was like an arrow went straight through my heart. And I'm like, I gotta call this girl. From high school i gotta call her up i feel terrible and and we were still friends at that point and and i called her up and i'm just like hey i'm really sorry you know i heard this this and this tonight and, and i just want you to know that i'm sorry i should have led better i should have did this better i should and you know she she was living in the secular world i grew up in church the whole time which was even worse at that point point. and here i am like spilling my guts i'm so sorry trying to do the right thing she's like it's cool. I We're not dating anymore. I'm dating another guy. It's totally cool. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> see you later then. God bless you. All right. Like try doing the right thing. But, but in seriousness, you know, what Pastor Scott was talking about, I have it written down here, you know, for those that are in the crowd that have grown up in church and, and maybe, you know, you made a f- few bad decisions or a lot of bad decisions. Um, you know, I look at Danny now and, and we we strive to live a pure life like the 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 purity and heart thing is right here and it's right now we've been dating for five years and and we said you know what obviously this conversation was played out earlier and and yeah you know i messed up and hopefully you could stick around and we could make this thing right and you know um it's going to be a good day i knew Eventually, because I grew up in church and and I heard all the things that I knew that I would one day have to be accountable to her. I knew that I would have to tell her. I knew that I would have to tell the the person that I'm going to be with her. I knew that I would have to tell the mother of my children, hey, listen, this is what happened. I want you to know everything about me. I'm sorry that it wasn't you. Please forgive me. I knew that that was coming. It was like D-Day, you know? Um, But when i get when i got into this relationship and w- when i knew that she was the one for me it was like there was a mentality where nothing else before our relationship happened ever happened it didn't exist we were pure in heart we were running up the mountain together or she was running onto onto the highway from the on ramp and and we were going thank you off ramp on ramp <laughs> we we were going together and we were pure in heart at that point and I wasn't looking in the rearview mirror. I wasn't saying, oh, yeah, but I messed up. But I, No, no, no. We're pure. We're, we're clean. We're covered. We're running together. And, and as a matter of fact, if you don't mind, you know, <laughs> she doesn't have a choice right now. Yeah. You know, I, I also want to protect that, that she's been waiting for someone, but, but for me really. And I want to be able to tell our kids, hey, listen, mom waited. Mom waited. Mom and Dad waited, but Mom really waited. She went the extra mile to wait. Um, but, but you know, just just getting back to the waiting process. You know, I've I've prayed ever since I was little, um, praying for the one I was supposed to be with. You know, I I wanted her to be my best friend. I wanted to, her to confide in. I wanted her to love the Lord uh, way more than she even loved me. mean I mean, I have the most am- amazing fiance in the world, and 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 God has just <laughs> checked everything off. Um, the, the waiting process was, was, it was difficult. You know, I, people like doing things their way and they like having their hands on things and manipulating things. And uh, let me just say, when you get that check in your spirit, that immediate check, you got you to you give it a rest. Yeah you got to give it a rest. Quick story, and then Pastor Scott can go on. But I remember picking this girl up at, at Liberty University. I, I had a car. It was our first date. We had separate dorms. And I called her ahead of time, 30 seconds. Hey, I'll be there in 30 seconds. She goes, okay, southern blonde, platinum blonde girl from North Carolina. Watch out for those. Nowhere
2: near as pretty <laughs> as you, Danny. Just want to throw that out there. You're welcome.
1: And it, thanks. <laughs> I called her up. I said, hey, I'll be there in 30 seconds. Sounds good. Okay. So I'm waiting in the car, and I see her walking out. And, you know, I'm, I'm a gentleman, but I wasn't, I wasn't raised to always open the door for every single occasion, right? So I see her coming, I'm trying to find something on the radio, and I just see her standing outside my door. So I kind of, like, roll down the window, and I go, you getting in? And she goes, you going to open up the door for me? Yeah. yeah. And me goes, really? Get in the car. Come on, let's go. She goes, no. Uh, I'm from the South. You open up the door for me. in the spirit right there. <laughs> no good. No good. But, but, <laughs> but he I literally
0: opens the door for me every single Okay, I do that now. You just time. redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I get in the car. No, in all seriousness, like in one or two sentences, what advice would you give somebody who's waiting right now?
0: Uh, waiting right now, I would say press in even more and god will reveal his character and through that you will have the peace to get through the waiting and you'll learn more about yourself and you'll be there and therefore you'll be more ready when
1: you do meet the right person you know I, I said this on Sunday. You can change the way you feel about being single by changing the way you think about being single. That's so good. And and I think what what Pastor Scott and I were talking about on Sunday was so so many of us. Maybe it's the cool thing to do now. Maybe it's just the millennial. I I have no idea. But some of us wear singleness as as a badge of shame. Well, nobody wants me. I'm am I'm, I'm a rejected. I, I'm I'm should be on the island of misfit toys. You know. <laughs> and and that's that's not how it is and and we were talking about perspective changes today i i can't tell you how much i've grown in the waiting period from college to the time that danny and i got serious i i've grown so much because i was asking god god if i'm not going to date show me something that i could do and he grant me so much opportunity so many opportunities to speak into people's lives to be with people i there's plenty of opportunity being single Ask God where he wants you to be.
2: That's awesome. So good. So once you guys started dating, what practical steps did you take uh, to honor God in your relationship? So um, maybe if you don't even mind, like what safeguards did you put in place to say, like, this relationship will stay pure? We're not going down that road. But also uh, just in honoring God and pursuing God as individuals together, what did you guys do? What steps did you take to keep God at the center?
1: Um. I remember the first time, first time Danny and I were, were hanging out, you know, the, the door was kind of closed a little bit. We were definitely on opposite sides of, of I didn't want to mess anything up, especially in her house. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, her dad comes in and knocks on the door. He goes, hey, what's going on? And I just, just watch the TV. He goes, no, no, what's going on with the door? And I go, oh, it's, you know, I want it open. You got it. That is a good dad. (laughs) You got it. You got it. Um, But yeah, I mean, what we 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 pray a lot together. Uh, We we've bought these books where you know I write in them. I think 31 prayers for your future wife. 31 prayers for your future husband. Um, We. We take the pros and cons of, of seeing other people. I'm a study or I look at other people and and I try to either not have them come into our relationship or try to implement them in, in our relationship. Um, we always go back to the Bible. Always. We always and Danny might have a story later for you, but um, we always match things up with the word of God. And, um, you know, it's it's. It's kind of a rare thing that you find two people that are engaged that are not living with each other in this culture, you know, so I, I, I have two guys that I'm living with right now and, and she's living at home, so it's kind of easier that way, um, but you know what? The struggle is real and it is hard. You know, we're engaged and we could easily say, you know, what, what do you think about this? What do you? And like I said, I, wa- I wanna be able and she wants to be able to be sure that we can tell our children, hey, you know what, we, we waited. When this when this culture says, really? What are you doing? And all the sitcoms have this and that. Really? You guys are like in the 2%. Yeah, but you know what? It matches up with the word of God.
0: Yeah, um, I think definitely that accountability for sure. And um, just also from the beginning, setting the tone, you know, being open and honest about everything. Um, you know, I – oh, my gosh, was it two years ago now? Like, so two years ago um, – you know, baptism service here was coming around. And, uh, and Chris was like, s- So you think you're going to, you know, ever get baptized? And I'm just like, What are you talking about? I was baptized. So I come from uh, OPC, church Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and they do infant baptism there. And I just always lived with this, like, notion that I was baptized. I didn't need to be baptized again. I was baptized into a covenant family, and that was it. Um, but Chris, you know, pushed me towards. Not push me, but said, hey, read the book of Acts and get back to me. And, you know, maybe you can uh, make a decision Not like for that.
1: yourself. She's looking for the word guided.
0: Guided, yes. <laughs> Friendly guided. Um, he <laughs> basically just, just opened... Get in the
2: car, read the book of Acts. No, but I'm soon. really,
0: th- in all seriousness, I'm, I'm so glad I did. And he, and he guided me to that, to make that decision because... Um, it was one of the, the best decisions I could ever make. And if you've been baptized, you know what I'm talking about. And um, it was a l- transformational, life-changing thing. So it's it's in those times where, you know, when you have uncertainty and you're kind of just kind of being lazy in your faith, I don't want to say, but y- you have a person to, um, you know, kick you in the butt when you need a good butt kicking. And um, that's what Chris is to me for sure. And <laughs> no, but I, I'm I'm, I'm I hate you.
1: Abusive. No.
0: It was a good thing is what I'm trying to say. And uh, just to be open and honest about all your spiritual experiences, you know, share the thing, this share your struggles, share yeah. the things that have yeah. brought you in the place you are now with your relationship with God. It's important, you know, um, just to not glaze over those things. Your spouse, your significant other wants to know those things. Um
2: That's awesome. I will say one thing, too, that I I respect from a distance so far because you don't see this in a lot of young couples. Um, You know, Chris and I have talked before about going through difficult seasons and struggle. And I've heard Chris say so many times advice that Danny has given Chris. That is not what Chris wanted to hear, but it's what she knew he needed to hear. And, um, you know, I think having somebody in your life who's pursuing God as an individual, not just being a yes man and telling you what you want to hear, but at times saying, you know what? I think you're wrong. All right, I I think that you might be not looking at this correctly. Is such a profound thing and yeah. such a healthy thing, and I see it go both ways. And it's something that I respect so much about you guys' relationship. And uh, I think it's such a good mark of just spiritual maturity on both of your parts. So I want to ask you a, a little bit of a crazy question. You alluded to it a second ago. So you go through. The you dated for how m- how many years? Um, it'll be five years now. Okay, five years. So at what point? And how did you know Danny's the one that God has for me? What point did you realize? What what things led you to know Chris is the one that I think God has for me? I was kicked off Tinder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, oh, I thought I would Joke. get a better response <laughs> than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go serious now. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought of that ever one since, since the I door. Have ever to since do. the door thing, people aren't <laughs> yeah, laughing at yeah. you. You know what? There, there was, we we were friends before that, before we started dating, and um, I think it wasn't really until I like like Danny said, the first year it was it was kind of complicated. We had a lot of people that were kind of questioning um, our character, which was which was hurtful. Um, but but again, being in that situation made us stronger together. I saw how she reacted to things. I saw her. Um, kind of with her, her back up against the wall. I saw her pressured a little bit um, and, and I liked how she responded. She didn't react. I like how she responded. I like how she she still stuck with me and she stuck with the Lord. So um, I, I, I'd say about a year into it. Um, you know, especially because I, I was older at that time. I was 20, 27, 28 years old. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking at her as, w- as we're downstairs in my apartment, and I'm saying, you know what? Instead of the, oh, she's so hot, I can't believe I have the hottest girl on the block. Instead of those questions and, and attributes um, coming into my mind, I was starting to think, you know, can I, can I sit with this woman on a park bench when I'm 70 years old? Can I, Can she be the mother of my children? Can I, can I go out to work and, and can I know that I could come home and may, maybe to a meal or to, to her holding my kids in, in her arms watching a Disney movie? Can I come home to that? And the answer is yes, okay? <laughs> the answer is absolutely yes. Um, but you start thinking about these things. You know, it's, it's um, I'm not going to say it's not all about looks. I mean, you definitely have to be attracted to the person that you're – going to marry um but i but i was so past that i was past the high school stage i was past the college stage i was past the hey you know is she is her dad rich like because i'm gonna marry into that I, I was so past that i just wanted someone that that we could worship together we could we could dive deeper w- into the things of god with um that she could be the mother of my children that it, that um i told you yesterday we're like the couple from up in the beginning we we, we are just so um in love and and really wanting to serve we we, we love this place we want to serve more we want to be used by god whether it's corporately or individually and we're we're always striving um to follow the lord again individually but yet we bring it together and and, and we're stronger as a team um so i i'd say about a year in i started asking god these these serious questions is can she be the mother of my? Che- can can I sit with her on a park bench when seventy? W- and the more and more I kept looking at her, the more and more I, I'm thinking to myself, Yeah, this this is it, this is it. And and the Lord just went down my checklist again, um, and and said, Look, I, I've I've had her for you, and you've had to wait this long, but you've waited this long for the best. Yeah, I have awesome. the best for you right now.
0: Awesome. Um, thanks, babe. Sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, for me, it was just, you know, I, when I started, like, to think that this was going to be serious, I asked myself, and I said, you know, how do, how does Christ make me feel in my relationship with him? And the words that came to my mind were, you know, loved, valued, special, pursued, you know, um, and just, you read the gospel, and you just, it's just such a, a story of aggressive love, like, what God did for us, dying for us, and, um you know, Chris does make me feel all those things, loved, valued, special, all those things all the time. And, and you know, we're not perfect and we have our issues like any other couple, but um, I think we always just try to come back to that and uh, we try our hardest to make each other feel um, uplifted and, and when it when it gets hard and when uh, things aren't easy, you know. And, and just having somebody that, um, you know, you can cry with, you can grieve with, you can celebrate with, you know, um, My, uh, dog just passed away a couple weeks ago, and, um, you know, it was definitely the worst day of my life, for sure, like, the worst, it was terrible, um, and I'm still, like, it's still rough, but rough, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, wow, I love you peeps, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, um, it, you know, Chris literally cried with me during those, those days, and during that hard decision that we had to make, and, um, you know, it's just in those little moments where I'm just like, yes, like, this is the person. This is who God has for me. Um, and, yeah, it's just been, it's been good.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's so key. Um, when you honor God in the relationship as you go, it allows you to hear from God that much clearer when you're faced with these decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so many times when you don't honor God in the little things, in the daily, Then, when you get to the point where you start to have to ask yourself those questions there's all this confusion and you're trying to hear from god well it's because you haven't had that clear line of communication the relationship all along and so you know not only is a pure life attached to a blessed life but i also believe that protecting purity and not just sexual purity but also pursuing god as individuals and pursuing god together um, it makes the process that much easier when you need to start determining is this the person that god has for me So real quick, as we close and I'm going to invite the band to come up, um, in a sentence or two, what advice would you guys give somebody who's currently in a relationship and who is trying to figure
1: out, could this be the person that God has for me? Um, Go slow. There's there's no pressure. You know, so many times we look out. Uh, to, to our friends um, and, and the media and what's going on on TV and, and how m- even movies make us feel. I'm a middle school teacher and like all the seventh and eighth grade girls love The Notebook. I'm like, you shouldn't even be watching that. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, wh- who, where are your parents, okay? And, and they like that movie because it, it, they like how the way it makes them feel. But that's all emotion. That, that, that's all emotion. Yeah, I'm happy one day. I'm sad the next day. Uh, my advice to you is just go slow. Realize that there's no pressure. And again, once once you get that check in your spirit, you know you don't don't be the one that says I can figure this out or I can fix this. You're not meant to fix anything. Yeah, that's, that's so good. Okay. Yeah. Like Pastor Scott was saying, you got to make sure that you're running your race, and that per- that person is right beside you you shouldn't have to be pulling over and tying their shoes so they can finish the race with you the second you pull over and tie their shoes you're starting to lose some ground and 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 don't get me wrong this isn't saying oh but what about helping someone and serving someone two completely different things that person needs to be complimentary complimentary with you so don't don't go into – start cramming into another person's lane, tying their shoes up, getting them dressed and everything like that. You're going to lose your focus. Wait till you're running, and it's almost like a race. You ever see the Olympics? It's like when they pass the baton, they're already in full range motion going. That's how it should be, and I could truly say that's how Danny and I came together. It was, it was like a hand in glove. Yeah, we have our problems. Yeah, of course we have our struggles. There's, there's been times of, of stern talk. There's been times of, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed. There's been times of tears. But, you know, we've come together with the Lord at the center of our relationship where, where we have come together hand in glove. And it's natural because the Bible says wisdom's ways are all peaceful. We have been encompassed by peace from the very beginning. So, you know what? Go slow, watch the checks in your spirit, and give everything to the Lord in prayer. He will guide you.
0: Um, I would just say, again, going back to that providential mindset, um, if you're in a relationship, and, you know, I I know somebody that got married, and um, just because it was, she was worried that it was this timeline. She had to, like, meet all these, you know, certain timeline things, and you know she wasn't gonna she was gonna fall behind or whatever and you know it was such a shame to watch that happen because you know, she didn't feel like it was the right person and um don't get so hung up on your own timeline. let God work it out the way he wants to work it out because it is the better way. and um, yeah, so I would just I would say just have that providential mindset God is going before you. you may not see it and it may be, Tough waiting it out, but um, there is so much uh, reward in that. In the end, in the waiting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So good. Could we give it up for uh, Chris and Danny? <laughs> I want to ask you just to stand too. We're gonna start to transition, and uh, you know, I do want to say this as we begin to close. Um, you know, if you look around this room, w- nobody in here is perfect. We have all made a mess of things, and uh, and I recognize that. There's a ton of people in here that maybe there are certain things that you heard that this is the first time you've ever even heard this. You know, this nothing that we talked about tonight is meant to discourage anybody is meant to condemn anybody. It's meant to give everybody hope to say as much as you want to be married to a godly spouse, you know what? God wants that for you even more as much as you want your marriage right now to be whole and be complete and your spouse to know Jesus. God wants that even more. And so the most amazing thing that you could ever do is to submit all of your ways to God and say, God, I trust you. God, you lead me. God, you guide me and I will follow. And if you can do that, there is hope. There is joy. There's amazing things ahead for you. So I want to do this as we uh, close. Danny, would you just mind praying for anyone in here that is in a relationship and just that God would give them wisdom on how to protect that? And then Chris, if you wouldn't mind just praying for anyone who finds themselves in a season of waiting.
0: Father God we come to you tonight Lord we thank you for for love for giving us the gift of love Lord it is just an amazing thing that you've given us and you've given us such an amazing model to look to God your son with the Father God that is the most pure and and awesome love that there ever was God I pray that those of us in a relationship tonight God that we would look to that model God that we would uh, look to your word, God, in in times of of uncertainty and worry, God, and and just trying to figure out if this is the right person. God, I thank you that you are so providential, God, that you are sovereign over our lives. And before we even took our first breath, God, you knew who we were going to marry. And and I just thank you for that. And I thank you for just being so divine and in your appointments, God, and who we meet. I, I just pray that uh, you would give couples in here wisdom on, on the next steps to take, God, and um, that we would just look to to godly examples of love, God. Uh, people in this church, Lord, um, just uh, thank you for giving us those examples, God, and uh, just thank you for the love that you've so beautifully exemplified that we can look to, God. In your name we pray.
1: And Jesus, we just we just lift up those that are in the congregation or those that we know that are in this period of waiting, God. We know that waiting, uh, we we look at it as just sitting there waiting for something to happen. But waiting is is really active. It's actively pursuing you, and you laying out opportunities for us to serve others in the waiting. Waiting is 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 so active. It is a cognizant decision to put our faith in you, to put our trust in you, God. And some of us might be doing that here tonight. And I just pray for an extra dose of strength. For diligence to seek you more, for 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 um, just a boldness to drown out all the voices and all the pressures of the world, to just to just where it's you and them. God, I pray that you give them supernatural ability, supernatural strength to continue on in their walk towards you, Father. I pray that you make uh, you make it known to them that they are accepted, they are loved, they are valued, they are treasured, and that there is someone for them. God, good things come to those who wait. And I thank you for those that are waiting because we know that you have the best plan for them. You are a God of giving and you are a good, good father. So we praise you tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name that you have everyone in the palm of your hand. Nobody here has been forgotten. Everybody has someone. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.